Former Metropolitan Police Detective Chief Inspector Mick Neville also joining us in the studio. Mick, you're a forensics expert. You've been monitoring this story very closely. Very simply, what do you make of it so far? It's a very tragic case and I, I feel for the family. And there's, there's several possibilities. Of course, the police believe she, she went into the water. Uh, she could have also decided to vanish herself. Uh, and then there's the, the possibility she was either taken by force by somebody who either didn't know her or some somebody who she did. They're the, they're the four things the police would be looking for. Uh, and they seem to be uh, going on the theory that she uh, was, fell into the river. But I, I, from what they're saying, it would seem that Lancashire Police are not putting all their eggs in one basket. They are, are examining several possibilities. As we heard in the report there, they're looking for dash cam footage, they're looking into this red van, this sighting. So uh, I think Lancashire Police are doing a, a good job at the moment. There has been some mistakes along the way, but they're doing a good job. Uh, let's pull up the inside pages of The Sun, in fact, because that running the story of this hunt for, quote, the shabby red van at the scene. We remind <coughs> ourselves of the uh, press conference given by the police officers at Lancashire Constabulary just a few days ago where they were sort of calling on members of the public who may have been on holiday at the time. Do you cast your mind back, and somebody has cast their mind back and said they remember a strange-looking van. But, I mean, amongst hundreds of lines of inquiry, Mick, I mean, when you're a police officer, how do you sift through these inquiries? It, it is very difficult. I mean, the, what they do... I mean, it's better now in, in the sense of... Been, since 10 years ago, we've got uh, dash cam footage, you've got ring doorbells. Of course, Wayne Cousins was caught, was caught with the ring, the ring doorbell footage. So there's lots of digital devices there that, that can really help the police and, and pinpoint. But it, it's sometimes sifting through to find that one thing. I mean, when I was investigating a murder, you know, the family used the medium. He thought that the, the guy had been put in the boot of a car. So you have to check the boots of a car. And in the end, he had been in the boot of a car. But you just simply don't know, amongst all those thousands of pieces of information, there could be a critical one there. Now, missing people's cases are common. We know that much. But how often do people really vanish without a trace? That's, I think, what's captured people's um, interest here. Absolutely. I mean, I was in charge of the missing persons unit at Lambert, so we had hundreds, thousands of people go missing each year. Most turn up within a couple of hours. You know, there's a few cases, if you look back over the last few decades, Claudia Lawrence simply vanished, Madeleine McCann, mostly women who've, who, who, or girls who, who've gone missing. And so there's very, very few people vanish without a trace. I mean, one case I, that I'm really mindful of here is, is a sad case of Anthony Notty, who was a fireman who, who uh, by whatever means, fell into the river in, in Sussex in 2020. He uh, was found 21 days later and eight miles down the river, so downstream. So I, I, I'm... I don't know about this expert who's saying that oh, the people are usually quite close. I know there's a weir blocking it, but I'm sure there's an expert on rivers who could tell us how long somebody's... Uh, how far somebody would move. And the sad thing is here is that the police are now at the estuary in the sea, so if the body enters the sea, it, it literally could be uh, gone forever. And the, and the tragedy of a family... Let's hope she's been abducted and she turns up or she's disappeared of her own and she turns up alive and well and the children have got a mother. But if she did go in the water and she goes into the sea, it, that is a really bad thing because that is a vast area to try and ever find someone. And indeed, a horrendous state of affairs when we're saying the best-case scenario is that she's abducted and she's going to uh, turn up well and good, but I, I hear what you're saying there. Uh, let's talk about... Um, you mentioned there some underwater experts. We were talking about this earlier in the show. We've spoken to some over the past week. What is this interplay between police forces and outside experts? Talk to us about how that works and whether it works 
It doesn't work very well. In my experience, I work with uh, academics on my specialist area, which are super recognisers and CCTV, and there's a real reticence amongst colleagues. Why, why are you doing this? Why are you disclosing information? Particularly if you disclose information that the police aren't doing so well. And, and, and police forces don't really work well with outsiders, and they don't work well together. There's, like, petty squabbling into force. There'll be petty squabbling uh, within a force, within the different units. And sometimes it really lets the public down. And I just think if we've got experts coming in, the police are not full of experts who know about underwater, river movements and things. Why not bring somebody in who really knows? And, and like I say, we see with the Ian Huntley case, two police forces not sharing information. The Yorkshire Ripper case, it's as bad as that. You know, police forces squabbling and not looking at the overall picture, just really caring about who's going to be seen in the best light. And just uh, let's just finish by talking a little bit about the constabulary's uh, demands or requests about limiting speculation, limiting press focus on this. I realise the irony of talking about this on television yeah. right now. But uh, can you understand that from the investigation point of view? Well, what the, uh, what the police don't want is a load of uh, false leads. They want, they want good information. Uh, and, and that's why... They, and, and they don't want ghouls going watching and, and hindering. And, uh, you know, they do want people to help, but they don't want ghouls watching. But I think there's real opportunities here. You know, when I discussed with your research about the digital evidence that's uh, available now with all the CCTV, drones, all these things can be, you know... Uh, 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 iPhones, iWatches, they'll be looking into all computers to see what people's intentions were, where they went. And I think the key thing is it's easy now to prove what somebody says. So uh, 20 years ago, if a partner or a friend said, look, I, I was, I've had nothing to do with this, I was in my house at the time, you ha it was hard to prove. Now, because we've got Alexas and home CCTV and digital devices, it's very easy to say we can absolutely prove this person was in this place at that time. So the digital world really gives the police... Uh, a lot of opportunities around this case, but I just hope she turns up well and the children see their mother again. We all do. We all do. Mick, thank you very much for walking us through that. Let's bring Ed into uh, the conversation now. Thank you, Ed, for standing by talking about that. And uh, Any comments you have from watching this? There has been um, comments about the way police communications have been handled in this case, but ultimately it seems the consensus just let them get on with the job of investigating. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised at the comments made by the civilian diver who seemed to be giving uh, quite extensive interviews while actively uh, involved in the search. I mean, obviously, if you want experts can uh, come on the telly and give their view, but I think if you're actively involved in the search, I was quite surprised that he kind of gave a running commentary, and some of it, frankly, was pretty graphic. And if you were a friend of Nicola Bully uh, or a member of her family, I'm not sure it would be uh, that appreciated. But having said that, I gather it's the family that encouraged uh, the, the civilian diver to be used. And I've got no problem at all with, with calling in outside experts, particularly when it's such a kind of extraordinary case like this. You want the very best in the business uh, to help the police in this kind of search. So uh, you're right about it gripping the country because nobody can quite work out what's happened. And it does seem, with all these cases, when they get a huge amount of media coverage, we all become kind of experts overnight. Mm. Uh, my bit of expertise, as in my layman's question to people who know better, would be presumably the police think she fell in the water because there are no signs of a struggle. I mean, the, the only alternative... There are three options, aren't there, that she has disappeared herself, she's fallen in the water, or somebody has taken her. And I would have thought if she had been taken, there would be scuff marks, whatever. Something would have landed on the ground. Uh, I can't believe there wouldn't be evidence. And I guess 
in terms of police communication, you would expect the police to kind of elaborate mm. on why they've settled on this one theory, uh, because by definition they would have ruled out other plausible alternatives. Well, exactly. Is you either have a void of information which allows speculation to ferment, or you pin something, is as you say, without elaborating on mm. why, and that again leads to speculation. But what's mm. astonishing, I think, so far is, as you've described, this sort of theatre of ghouls, I think you, you called it yeah, there, Mick. Yeah. Um, you know, influences, people going down, the police have had to have special orders to be able to disperse mm -hmm. these people who are trying to get selfies on the bench from where Nicola was supposedly gone missing. Um, this is, must be more of a modern phenomenon. Yes, it is. I mean, so you can see that uh, the digital world, it, it helps and hinders us in the sense that the police, are, you know, with the investigation, they've tightened it down to a 10-minute window because of the Zoom calls, the, the phone mm. calls, what people saw, CCTV and that sort of thing. But on the other side of the coin, you've got these awful people who want to turn up and, and see these, uh, you know, take selfies on the bench. And it's completely unacceptable because everything they're doing is, is hindering. And that, that, the one point I would make about the bench, that seems to be the only real uh, mistake that the police made that that wasn't sealed off so quickly because mm. it was mostly with most missing persons affairs you can see very quickly the person comes back in this one within an hour or two they must have realized this is a really serious something wrong here you've got somebody who's completely vanished left a phone there doesn't seem to be any background of, of anything why she should go missing and it should have flagged up straight away and that bench wasn't sealed off and that's the only thing, if you look around, that possibly could yield finger marks, DNA, if at all. So that's possibly an opportunity missed. And as I say, not to, to somehow try and sweep in from the sea. And if the body has gone, and, and as I described the tragic case of Anthony Knott, it, we don't want it to go into the sea. As we head into the break, let's take a look at the front page of The Sun, which has just come in to us. Also running with this Nicola Bully story on the front page, Nicola Cops Search Sea. You can see the boat there out at sea, just what uh, Mick Neville was describing to us. And the inside page we showed you earlier, that was an exclusive from The Sun, this hunt for the shabby, shabby red van at the scene.